Okay, Hevra, so um, we're talking about Hilchos Mukta now. We're introducing the um, topic of um, Mukta. How would you translate the word Mukta? Like one of the things I ask people in the process of conversion is what is Mukta? Um, most know what it is. Some don't know what it is. Um, but how would we translate the word Mukta? Wow. Silence. Set aside. Set aside, right? In other words, muktza probably means set aside, which means that if I'm reading into your words, that it's there are different ways to say muktza. There's a way of saying that set aside in the sense of it is designated not to be used for Shabbos. There's another way of saying set aside and that it's not set aside. It's not designated to be used for Shabbos, right? There are two ways of formulating that same idea. There is a machlokas hatanayim that we're not going to get into, but there's a machlokas hatanayim between the Tan Rebbe Yehud and Tan Rebbe Shimon, whether we hold of mukta or we don't hold of mukta. Now, at first glance, that would seem to be like one of the five biggest machlokasim in Judaism, but the reality is that they are not talking about all that much. That machlokas basically relates to whether stoma de milsa, if I have an item that for sure I pushed aside, that's for sure mukta. If I have an item that I for sure designate, that's not mukta. The question is a stam item. Do I assume that a stam item is designated for Shabbos or not designated for Shabbos? That's machlokas between the Yehuda Reb Shemin. So that is what I would call um, classical muktza, paradigmatic muktza, um, in the sense of muktza is an item that is set aside or not designated for Shabbos. So far, so good? The only thing is that in common parlance, the word muktza means... Usser. Usser. Something that you can't use, right? Um, that's what muktza means in common parlance, right? Which might mean I can't use it for um, a variety of reasons. I can't use my pen, probably not because the pen was designated as a not Shabbos pen, but I can't use my pen in all likelihood because I might write. Right? That's a different usage of the word mukta, right? Mukta, the first way, might be what I call an iser dirabonon, that the chachamim say items which are not designated or other or items that were ne- negatively designated are usr to use. Mukta type two is a gezeira dirabonon, right? And this is something that we will go on to develop. Again, we're not speaking about this um, in the most detailed way. We could go on forever about Mukta. I'm just like making one or two introductory ha'aros, which we'll probably come back to as we go on. The next issue that I want to talk about is that
is that the reason for the Isra Mukta seems to be machlekes between the Rambam and the Raivid. Okay, so let's take a look at the Machlokas Rambam and Raivid over here. It's on um, page one of the source sheets. I should probably um, insert page numbers, uh, but on page one of the source sheet, you have a, um, a Machlokas Rambam and Raivid, no? Why don't you tell me what the Machlokas Rambam and Raivid is? Anyone? Silence. Awesome. Okay. Take a look at the Machlick Islam and Ravid Chevra. Like that anything can't like the Ram I'm saying that anything um that you just have to differentiate um the weekday from Shabbos. Right. In other words, certainly at the very end uh the Rambam holds that one of the reasons for Mukta is that you know Shabbos is supposed to be a day of rest and you could end up moving stuff from corner X to corner Y all day, and you'll be mavatel, um the reason that the Torah gives for Shabbos, which is Lamanya Nuach. Right? It's the Ramban has this Al HaTorah on the Pasuk Shabbason, um, that there's a Torah value of resting. And if you're going to not be in favor of Mukta, you'll be in violation of that Torah idea. So that's reason one in the Rambam, in Halacha Yud Beis. In Halacha Yud Gimel, the Rambam has different reasons, no? The Rambam's reasons are in Halacha Yud Gimel, Kisha Yivakeh Vitalto Kalim Shemlachton Le'ezer Efshar Shis Asik Bahen Ma'at V'yavo Lidei Malacha Right? Additionally, the Rambam is saying that there's an iser of what we'll call mukta because you might come to do a malacha. There are um, some people who are not worktmen and they are bottle all day. These are people are Tayolin, they're Yoshe Kronos, they always are resting, and they will not have a Shavisa Hanikeres. Right? Which is a third reason, meaning to say that Shabbos has to be, I would say, an os, um, using a broad term, that people have to notice that it's Shabbos. So there are three reasons for the Isra Mukta that the Rambam presents, right? Reason one is that you're going to be busy with stuff. And therefore you'll be mavato l'man Reason two is that 
you will um, violate an Avera. Reason three is for those people who do nothing since Shabbos won't look different than, than any other day. So in order to make sure that Shabbos looks different than any other day, so what we do is we um, have an Isra Muktzah. And by the way, Shabbos is like one of the most noticeable um, element. Muktzah is one of the most noticeable elements of Shabbos. I don't know about you, but if I see someone and the person does not weave on Shabbos, I don't say, oh, wow, that guy's keeping Shabbos. But if I see somebody is not moving their sticks, stones, racks, etc., so then I'm already, oh, okay, that's already, um, that's a Shemr Shabbos. So there are three reasons in the Rambam. What about um, the Rambam? Can I ask a question on the Rambam? Yeah. Uh, what's the difference between reason one and three? They both sound like So I think reason three is going further than reason one. Reason three is saying that we want Shabbos to be noticeable even for people who don't do anything all week. That there's a din of Shvisa Hanikeres, there's a din that Shabbos has to be recognizable as Shabbos. And to make sure Shabbos is recognizable as Shabbos, so what I do is I institute a thing called Mukta. Now, if I would be a pedantic, I would, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, I would point out that reasons one and three, I think Tamara is sort of saying this, one and three are pretty much the same. One and three might be an Isser de Rabbonon because Chazal want to maintain what Rabbi Rosenstein called the ethos of Shabbos. Um, reason two, I'd say, is a Gezerah de Rabbonon, not a... Um, not an Isser Drabonon, no? I think that if I want to use those terms, so reason number um, two is Gezeira land, not Isser land. Fine. What about the Ravid? What does the Ravid say? It's all based on Hotza. It's all based on Hotza, exactly. There's a coin to the Ravid. And there's a Gemara in Shabbos Kufraf Dalid that says, Tilto Gufe Lav Mishum Hotza'a. That's the next source. But the Ravid says, I'm nervous that, first of all, the Ravid comments that the Gemara in Shabbos Kufraf Gimel says that Mukta was invented in the days of Nechemia. And then the Ravid writes, by the way, we're worried that if you move stuff, you might come to carry them. It's a Gezeira Atu um, Hotza'a. The thing is that Hotza'a on many levels is the simplest malacha to violate. It's the easiest to get around. You just build an Arab. But people don't notice when you're doing Hotza'a because it's not like a constructive activity. If you see me banging in a nail, you see me fashioning a clay, that's a constructive activity that looks like malacha. Hotza is moving an item just from one location to another location. So what the Ra'ifid is saying is that because of the Isra Hotza'a, and the Isra Hotza'a apparently, uh, we'll see in a minute, was an Isra that people were not appropriately keeping. So therefore they instituted an Isra of um, Muktza, we'll call it. Good? Now, look at Rashi. 
Right. What's Rashi saying that's like a bit of a chiddush? And it's like one in the same, like it's almost on the same level as Hutzah. It's on the same level as Hutzah, sort of, kind of. I mean, I'm not sure if this is exactly what you're saying, but Rashi is saying that if you'll be mezalzel in moving stuff, you'll be mezalzel in Hutzah. Rashi is not exactly saying that's a gezeira. But if I read the Rashi carefully, I think what he's saying is that, you know what? If you're going to be moving stuff around too much, you'll not take the Isra Hotza'ah seriously. A way of strengthening the Isra Hotza'ah is to say, don't even move stuff by Mukta. If I read the Rashi precisely, I don't think Rashi is saying that it's a gezerah I might come to carry. But it is a way of strengthening the iser of carrying. A a am I reading too much into this? Sarah thinks I am. She's just being nice. But I, I think there's a difference between saying not to be mezalzel in an iser and saying that... It's a gezerah I might do the iser. Okay. We'll hold this um, for a few minutes. Again, I think I'm right. I'm always, I always think I'm right. But what I'm suggesting is that mukta, even in the sense of it's modeled after hotza'a, but mukta might not be a gezerah that I might carry, but it might be a way of strengthening the Isra Hotza'a, um, which is an Isra that people might not take seriously. I want to be Mechazek the Isra. I'm not worried that you'll carry per se. I um, just want to be Mechazek the Isra. I think that's what Rashi um, is saying. Okay. Can I ask a question? Yeah. In terms of definition, thank you. <laughs> in terms of in terms of definitions, what is the difference between tilto and hotel? Between tilto and hotel, so tilto just means I'm moving things around. You see my pen? I move it here to there. Right? That's tilto. It's not hotel. I'm not going from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Sarabim, right? It's totally different. That's tilto. Hotel means I carry it out into Rosh Hashanah. By the way, um, just books on Mukta. So this book is called Mukta. It is written by Rabbi um, Badner, who currently, he wrote like the book, the Halachos of um, Kezayis, etc. I think you could buy it at the um, YU Sparum sale, which word from our sponsor is still going on. Um, there's also a lot of Mukta in um, Shmir Shabbos, as it is. And I'm largely following the sequence of the Orchos Shabbos in chapter 19, which is this chapter about Mukta. Okay, good. Now, there is a, if you remember, one of the most common types of mukta that we'll address is the, um, 
Klisham lachtola iser. Like usually when you think about muktza, you don't think about a beged that's shatnes, which is also muktza. Or most of us, when we think about muktza, we don't think about, um, I don't know, stones. Stones are also muktza. Most of us, when we think about muktza, we think about a now, the halacha about which is interesting, is that once I pick it up, um, right? meaning if I have a hammer, so I'm allowed to use the hammer to crack nuts open. Right? That's using the keshul matzolisha, would be that my hammer fell on the floor. And my kids want to play um, Monopoly. Theoretically, my kids will play Monopoly. They want to play it on the floor where my hammer is. I can move the hammer for them to use that floor. That's Sarich Makomo. The din is, again, not this is not true by all categories of Mukta. Word to the wise. Rabbi Badner begins his section on Mukta by saying he is going to go through seven categories of Mukta. If you look on the source sheet that I give you, I after the section history, I give you, I think, four categories. Klisham lachto le'eser, and then klisham lachto le'heter, and then machmel chasar kesa muksa machmas gufo. I give you four categories. Rabbi Badner gives you seven categories. Rabbi Badner points out that the prima godin begins hulchos muksa by saying there are 50 categories of muksa. It's almost like the Haggadah Shal Pesach. We want to keep on increasing the number, like to get those Egyptians or something. Um, but the Or Sameach has a Chedesh. Look at the Or Sameach. It's based on this Ravid. Okay. Who was Arsameh? When and where did he live? Before Moshe Rabbeinu, after? After, before Moshe Feinstein, after? They somewhat overlapped. The um, Arsameh, every moment in his book, always gives you like some biographies. Um, so the Arsameh was, I mean, Mayor Simchavdvinsk, he was a Zionist in the sense of after the Conference of San Remo voted, the League of Nations voted that the Jews were entitled to a um, a land. So he wrote that Sar Pachat HaShavuos, the fear of the Shavuos is now gone. If you remember the Gemara in Ksubis, the Satmar Gemara says that there's Shalosh Shavuos, there are three um, promises that we made to Rabbani Shalalam, which would take away our ability to go to Eretz Yisrael. Um, after the nations give us permission, so the says, Sar Pachat HaShavuos. That's the Arsameach. Now, the Arsameach is a commentary on the Rambam. In this case, he's commenting on the Raifid, not on the Rambam. And the Arsameach has a Chiddush. Anyone, Roshai? 
Like if you're holding it, you can continue to hold it. So that is somewhat true, which we'll talk about later. But the how come it's mutter to move Kaili Shemlachtola Isser Mitsorich Makomo? It's a little bit funny, no? You need this area. Right? Your kids want to play Monopoly on the floor. So therefore I move the hammer. Dude, if it's also to move a hammer on Shabbos, so then so what if my kids want to play Monopoly? So the Ursameach explains that if the reason for Mukta, and again, I'm trying to be precise, we'll talk about this more in five minutes, but if the reason is that I might carry, so there are lots of dinim about carrying. One of the dinim about carrying is that it has to be Akira Rishona Litzorach Kach. If I carry from Rishos Hayocha to Rishos Harabim, it has to be that I pick up the item, intending to move the item to place B. I pick up the item at home, and I intend to move the item to Rishos Harabim. The Akira Rishona has to be Litzorach. Well, if I pick up the item, Litzorach Makomo, when I'm picking that item up, I'm not having in mind to move the item. I want to move the item away. I want to clear off the floors so that the kids can play Monopoly. No? If that's the case, so it's not a Gezerah of Hotza'a because no one would, you can't possibly violate the Isra Hotza'a. Since the Akira Rishona is not Letzorah Hotza'a, you can't possibly violate the Isser of Hotza'a Min HaTayra, and therefore they do not make a Gezeira of Klisha Matal Isser in this case. What this means, I think, is the Arsameach is telling me that the Isser of, again, we'll talk about Klisha Matal Isser, because that's like the famous one, um, and that's probably what we're talking about entirely. This of Klishom Natalisa is a Gezerah I might come to carry. But if it's Letzairech Makomo, if I'm moving the item because I need the space where the item is, and it's not shy to violate the Din Dairais or the Isra Dairais of carrying, because it's not Akira Rishona Letzairech Kach, so therefore there cannot be an Isra of Klishom Natalisa. Right? Therefore, if I pick it up, I can move wherever I want because I can't possibly violate this of carrying. Hello, Mrs. Caslow. How are you? I just, maybe because we were, like, I don't, how did these, like, what's the Havamina? Like, once these categories are invented, like the Shabbat or I assume that is, like, created with the Malacha Putsa in mind. Right. So why would you even think that this would be a problem? So I'll say it like this, which is that as we'll move along, and hopefully we'll get there like in 10, 15 minutes, um, we're going to see that there's like different categories of muktzah. We said seven, 50, four, whatever it is. But this true, this category is true only of klisha machtola iser. Other isurim of muktzah, might be because of the way Sarah Finkelstein began in this year, 
that muktza is something that's set aside. It is declared unusable. And that's like Rambam reasons one and three. It's declared unusable. The And Rambam reason two is also not like this. This explanation of the Arsameach is only working within the Ravid reason. And the Ravid reason is probably limited to Klisha Machdala Iser, not to the other Muktza categories. So, again, I think that Arsameach is actually very beautiful because he's taking something which you would think is just like a law. Okay, I pick up a Klisha Machdala I could move it wherever I want. Right, that's what you learn in, el- in elementary school. However, we are past elementary school. Right? right? We are way past elementary school. So here's the thing. The reason why I can move it to anywhere I want, now I understand that reason. It's because you cannot possibly violate this of Hotza'a, and we are in Ravid world that Klisham Lachola Isser is based on Hotza'a. By the way, if I'm a Rambam Jew, and Klisham Lachola Isser is don't pick up a pen because you might write with the pen. So why the heck is it that, oh, if I pick up the pen, so I'm allowed to move it wherever I want. If I pick up the pen because I don't want my kids playing Monopoly near the pen, I can move it. Why? This rationale only makes sense in Ravid World, which is a pretty decent amusement park, though not nearly as cool as Rambam World, because the active intellect really has fun in Rambam World, and the active intellect, like, you know, doesn't make it to Ravid World. So far, so good, Chavra? So that's the Chiddush, Tamar. That sounds like a good plug for the last 10 minutes of class. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, active intellect is... I mean, one thing I'll tell you is that, like, if you go to the gym to work on your active intellect, um, <laughs> it, it's not, you're not going to strengthen your active intellect in the gym, but we'll just um, say it like that. Okay, weiter. Um, history of Muktza. When was Muktza invented? So there's a Gemara Shabbos, Kofchav Gimel. Tanibabonim. Initially, they felt that you can move three kalim on Shabbos. Only three kalim. It's like a knife that you use to cut open the bricks of figs. That is like the spoon that cleans off the garbage at the bottom of a pot. And then the small knife on the table. Right? They are matir more and more and more. Right? Eventually, they say that all kelim mutter besides a um, the hole of a plow and besides a very big saw. Right? Initially, they only said three kelim mutter, and then subsequently they say everything is mutter besides these two kelim. So the Gemara goes through the history of Mahitiru Chazari Tiru. So effectively, the way Abaye presents the history of Mukta, when all is said and done, 
you can move. You can only move it L'Tzorach Gufo, not L'Tzorach Makomo. Klisham L'Achto L'Heter is, um, Klisham L'Achto L'Heter is a fidget toy. No? A fidget toy, right, they say you can move. But you're not allowed to move a Klisham L'Achto L'Iser unless it's L'Tzorach Makomo. I can, unless it's L'Tzorach Gufo. According to Abaye, I can only move my hammer if I'm going to use it to break nuts. So, right? In other words, the way Judaism emerges according to Rava is that when I talk about Klisha Malachto Leheter, I'm even allowed to move it Mechamalatzel. Moving it Mechamalatzel means that right now this item is in the hot sun and the item might get ruined. I'm allowed to move a Klisha Malachto Leheter to protect the item. Klisha Malachto Leheter, according to Rava, I'm allowed to move both Lutzorach Gufo and Lutzorach Makomo, but I cannot move it Mechamalatzel. Unlike Abaye, who says Klisham Lachtola Isser is only Mutter Litsore Ufo, not Litsarch Makomo. Right? Rava says it's Mutter um, both Litsarch Gufo and Litsarch Makomo. But Rava says, Dafman Vissing, you should know that it's Usser Mechama Litsail. Klisham Lachtola Heter, I can move to protect the Kli. Klisham Lachtola Isser, if I have my hammer and it's outside, and it's going to rain, and I'm worried that the hammer is going to rust, am I allowed to move that hammer inside? Eh, right? I'm not. Right? That's what emerges from Rubber's presentation. Adayin, they said, it's only Mutubad HaMechad, not Bishnei B'nei Adam, until they said, Kala Kela Mutarim, right? Afilu Bishnei Adam. Then the Gemara gets involved in another discussion, which is like a detailed discussion. And the bottom line of the Gemara is, Amr Eb Chanina, Bimei Nechemya ben Chachilya, Nishnes Mishnezu Dechsev, Bayamim Hahema, Reisi Bihuda Drachim, Gitalt Bishabbat, Umevein Haaremot. Right? So what is going on in the days of Nechemya? Right? This story happened in the days of Nehemiah. Darchim, what's the Pazik say? Darchim by Kitot, and they take their Aremot. Tonight's way of saying that they're being Mechal Shabbos. The people are pressing olives, let's say, in the, or wine, grapes. They press grapes in the gat. They're pressing grapes in the um, grape presser. And they are pressing olives in the olive presser on Shabbos. That'd be a machle- that would be a malacha. They are gathering their bundles of wheat. That's a malacha. So what does Nechemya do? I saw Rabbi, I mean, I heard this initially when I was in 11th grade, Rabbi Yehoshua Kalish made this point. Um, but 
when you see Jews who are being lax in halacha, what do you do? Do you turn the volume up or do you turn the volume down? Do you look for all the possible kulas? You say, okay, you're being lax in halacha. You say, okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Nechemia said, nitaze. Don't do that, Nechemia says. People are being lax in halacha. You know what you should do? Invent a new law called muktza. They are pressing their grapes on Shabbos. Hey, new law, muktza. Don't say, you know what, we'll be lenient, we'll give you a cool amir, no! Right? No law. We answer things. That's Nechemia. The thing is that, you know, people, this is actually one of the questions, um, I think Moshe Arendt has an article about this. You know, usually we assume that Niskatnu Hadoros Usually you assume that as generations go on, we are less observant, etc. That's not necessarily true. Right? I think our generation now is more learned, more observant than at least those who are observant are more learned and observant than previous generations. Certainly, um, women's Talmud Torah in the year 2024 is on a different plane than it was in 1924. And certainly on a different plane than it was in 1824, no? Doesn't this go against the idea of Niskat Nuhadoros? Not according to everyone, I would think. Again? I'm sure some people would think it does work for that. Right. Some people say, of course, Niskat Nuhadoros. And like, the thing to do is to be in the kitchen barefoot and like making your, I don't know, all day. Um and that, that that's the ideal in Yiddishkeit. No, so I, the assumption is that, no, Yiddishkeit is improving. There's a notion of progress. We believe in progress. And that means on some level that we can say that we are on a higher madrega than they were. We are doing more entirely than they did. And that's what happens in the Pesukim and Nehemia. Initially, the people of Amish Machal Shabbos. So Nehemia says, I got to come up with a new Isra Mukza. Meaning to say, as the people become more and more observant, Nechenya takes away more peels, more layers of that onion. And then, when all is said and done, the only Isra that remains, Machlekes Abayin Rava. It's about Klisham Laftolas or whatever. But initially, you have to remember, all Kalim were Usr. But, for me, the critical point is, that the Zman of the Isra Mukta is the days of Nehemiah. Look in the Gemara in Shabbos, Lamed Amr Alaf, going over to Lamed Amr Beis.
What's the question? So I want I think that there's a bit of a stira between Shabbos Kufchof Gimel and Shabbos Taflamid about when the Isser of Muktza was invented. But to do that, we have to read the Gemara in Shabbos Taflamid. It sounds like it already was a thing by the time of David and Shlomo. Right, it's already the time of David Shlomo. In other words, right, the Gemara has like this funny story that David Amalch is asking when I'm going to die. And they tell him, you know what? David says, I don't want to die. They say, no, you have to die because Shlomo's already slated to be king. And no So David says, when am I going to die? So they tell him, you'll die on Shabbos. David doesn't want to die. So David HaMelech is learning Torah on all Shabbos, and the Malach HaMavis is unable to get to David HaMelech. Finally, the Malach HaMavis like, goes and he hangs out in the trees in the back, and he makes some noise, and David gets up from learning to look at what happens, and then boom, a step falls out from under David, and Eres Yetzke Starbin, and David HaMelech is now, di- now dead. Well, David dies. What does Shlomo HaMelech do? It's unbelievable. Right? Daddy just died. Melech Yisrael just died. He walks into the base magic. He says, Tatis yetz gestorben. Was kan Right? Meaning, Daddy has died. What could I do? This is a mukta. What did I do with my father, David? Right? So they tell him, Oh, by the way, Chatoch Nevela, right? Vahanach Lefnei HaKlobim. Right? They first... Um, Shlomo says, in terms of a dog, whatever, that's a different story. But Avicha, in terms of David, Hanacholov, Kikar Tinok, Right? They say, oh, your father? What you should do is you put a Kikar or a Tinok on the mace. There's a special Kula that you can move a mace by putting a Kikar or Tinok on him. The story goes at Rav Schwab, who was the uh, Rav in KAJ, in Breuer's. So Rav Schwab... He was like 98 years old. And everyone knows that like he's going to be nifter. He's very, um, he's very sick. So he has a Friday night suda. And after the Friday night suda, um, he takes a piece of chal and he puts it in his pocket. And they're like, what's going on? Like, you know, opa, right? They didn't call him like saba. They call him opa. That's like the Yiddish word. Opa, what are you doing? So he doesn't answer. And then he died in the middle of the night with the chal in his pocket. And why did he do that? He, he did that because there's a halacha that you can move a mace with a kikar tinok. And he wanted to make sure that they could move him. So he put a chala in his pocket to make sure that they could um, that they could move the mace. That's what, that's what you do. A mace is muktza. A mace is muktza machmas gufo, right? It's a higher category of muktza. It's muktza that is because it's muksa because it serves no purpose. Right? It's like the way Sarah Finkelstein began muksa by saying oh, it's set aside. It's purposeless. Is that so, story true? Yeah. That story is true, sure. Rabbi, I mean Rabbi Willig said it. I, I, he heard it from the old Yakas in, in Riverdale. Um yeah. It's the story is true, I think so. And Rev Schwab not Rev Schwab, Rev Rav um, Breuer was a fascinating man, but yeah, he 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 beat all of them. He put a chala in his pocket, and that way, when he would die, he'd be able to move him. Um, usually, by the way, when someone is nifter, 
Um, you can't move them on Shabbos. The practice is that we lower a person down to the ground. Um, you don't want the person to begin to smell. So you ask Goyim to turn on the air conditioners, back to Amir Al-Nahri, to keep the room cool. And um, usually the few hours he's on the floor um, until the end of Shabbos is okay. Uh, a friend of mine, a student of mine, is the rabbi in Houston. If you remember, there were days in Houston this year that was like 120 degrees hot. Um, so there was a two-day yontif, and there was someone in his shoals about to die. <laughs> so he called me what to do. Um, so I said, listen, I don't know. Like, will the body begin to, like, smell, decompose? Like, so, I mean, we got him to call the Breuer's Hefra, because they're the people who actually know this stuff about dealing with like dead people, etc. They say, yeah, the body won't really decompose. Just turn on the air conditioners. It'll be fine for two days. Um, it turned out the guy was nifter like right before the end of the second day yontiv, so it wasn't like so relevant. But basically, I have a steer in Gemaras, a historical steer. Was Muktza invented in the days of Nehemiah, or is Muktza invented in the days of? Um, David Hamelach. So the Mepharshim are bothered by the Stira. The Alter Rebbe in Chabad, um, in the Shulchan Acharav, the Alter Rebbe writes that in the days of Nechemiah, right, the second line, Lofisha Gazub made Nechemiah a Kalim, while Ochlam was for him, for him, Achshav Kamakon Megazera. So the Alter Rebbe is saying that there is like a historical progression that at some point only stuff that was useless was Aser. That's the Grand Shabbos Taflamid. But later on, they Asered more stuff. In the days of Nehemiah, initially they asked a ton of stuff, then they peeled away the Isser. So it sounds like for the Alter Rebbe, there is one Isser of Muktza. The Isser of Muktza is a broad category. The broad category of Muktza was expanded over time. But Muktza fundamentally means what are the items that are set aside? What are the items that you should not use? So initially, they had a more narrow category of what's set aside. And then as time progressed, they set aside more items. That's where the Alter Rebbe says it. The um, Gra, and this grows in Yeridea Simon Reis which is the Simon of Mila. And in the Simon Amila, one of the issues that comes up is a big mukta issue in terms of the knife that the Mayo uses is called the Izemo Shomila. The knife is something that you will not use for anything else. A Mila knife has to be perfectly sharp. You're not going to use it for anything else. And an item... Right, just to give away a secret that we'll talk about as we move on, an item which initially is a klisham lachtola iser, but will not be used for anything else, 
is a higher level of klishom lachdul iser called muktza machmes chesarin kis. But unlike a klishom lachdul iser, unlike my hammer, which I would use to crack a nut, so therefore I'm allowed to move my hammer to crack a nut, etc. But my mila knife, I'm not going to use for anything else. So therefore, I cannot move my mila knife even tzarech kufomakomo. So the big discussion that comes up in Shulchan Aruch is what do you do after the mila? What does the mail do? Right? To just drop the knife, um, probably a bad idea. But the knife became mukta. The knife is not mukta before the mila because you're going to do the mila with it. After the mila, what do you do? That's the whole discussion in the Shulchan Aruch. So the Gra comments on this conversation. I underlined a few lines of the Gra. Vilna Gon, when and where did he live? Before Rav Haigon or after Rav Haigon? Did the Vilna Gon live before Rav Sadigon or after Rav Sadigon? Anyone? After Reb Sadiagon, right? After Reb Haigon, after basically anyone else named Gon, right? The Gra lived from 1720 to 1797, right? That's when he lived. Ah, so the Gra, in his commentary on Yeridea, writes, The Dafka Klisham Lachto Le Iser Shainu Mukta, the less lay mukta klau moda bezek mashgat zetaisus in the end of the second parak of Shabbos. The eno mi machmas mukta mo klisha matzal heter heter shalol letzar klau bezem muter kevan shematatul tzorich mashen kem b'mesha also letatul for tzorich mikomo. Okay, so if I read the gras slowly and carefully, the gras words, the key phrase is this one: klisha matzal leiser sheino mukta. It's not mukta, right? Meaning, mukta, says the gra, is a technical term for something that you cannot move at all. I'm allowed to move it. Um, I can move my klisham lachtola iser My klisham lachtola heter, I'm allowed to move it for any purpose whatsoever. These things are not mukta. These things are, I'll use a different word, gezeras kalim. It's not mukta. It's gezeras kalim. Now, once I am in grow world, which is also an amazing amusement park, but once I'm in grow world, so then I kind of can go back to the Rambam and to the Ravid, and I could say, hey, dear Rambam, you know, you have numbers one and three, right? And you have number two. One and three is muktza isurim. Number two is a iser of kli shemlachtoi le iser. In, in Rambam, we're a kli shemlachtoi le iser because I might do a malacha. I might take my pen and write. In Ravid, we're a kli shemlachtoi le iser because I might carry. Or the way Rashi says it, I might be mazals on the Isra of carrying. But be it as it may, that's Gezeras Kalim. Gezeras Kalim is different than Muktza, according to the Grah. 
Muktza is something that I push aside. I set it aside. Gezevas kelem is not. Even if you deny muktza as a category, but gezevas kelem you're going to hold of. Gezevas kelem is a totally different category, says the Gra. So the Gra is a little bit different than the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe is saying that there's like one big category called muktza, and there are just different rules for the different things that are subsumed under that category. Elijah Kramer is saying that there are two different categories. Gezeras Kalim is different than Mukta. Is this good, Chavra? Okay. Zahava, you're good? You're chill? Fine. Um, so that's what we're up to. Machlaikasin or Stira in the history. The answer to the steer in the history for the Alter Rebbe is first this was usher, then that became usher. Right? Which is like a funny progression for the Alter Rebbe. First it's usher, then everything is usher, then they scrape away some of the Isurim. Right? It's like a bell curve. For the Gra, no. Nehemiah invented a new category called Gezeras Kalem. It's not the same as Muktzah. Now, what I want to move on to doing is to go through some of the halachos of Klisham Lachdol Esser, because that's the most famous one. Um, in Rabbi, uh, what's it called? Rabbi Badner's book, he starts with Klisham Lachdol Heter, uh, most of Klisham Lachdol Esser, and we'll try to talk about many of the rules, what makes something a Klisham Lachdol Esser, um, what can I do with it, We'll have to uh, develop a lot of the rules as we uh, go along. So the first sif of Klishem Lachtola Iser Shin Chesif Gimel. Right. So the Mechaber begins that Klishem Lachtola Iser, you're allowed to move it, but he points out that Lon Im Nishtamish Lisa Bein Hashmash is Konshner Shuhudlak Sisim and Reishayin Tes. Okay, Ner Shahudlak is if I have a candle that's burning during Bainashmashis. So that candle is going to be Osir. The ba- the basic idea is that we assume that fire, like stones, or like dead people, is Muksamach Maskufo. The Ner is a bosis, is a support for the um fire. Hanachoner Shemanupsila, which is bosis to the Dava Osir. So we'll bracket out the candle that was burning Ben Ashmashus. If I have a I'm allowed to move it. Ben Gufo, like a cornice shows a havim. That's like the um, gold, the blacksmith, the goldsmith has a special hammer. You can move it. I can use it to crack open nuts. Or I could also move it. Meaning they have to be mishtamesh in the makom that the kli is there, and Once I pick it up, I can move it anywhere I want. But mechamalatzel is aser because if I'm only worried 
that I'm going to move it because I don't want to break it, then it's going to be Aser. Chevra, this is Rava's sheet in the Gemara. Abaya would say that Klisha Matulis is only Motulisar Kufa, not Lisar Makaymek. And Abaya didn't really tell us about Mechamel itself. Right? Presumably, Mechamel itself is sure as Aser. When I um, come to Rava, the Klisha Matulis is Mutter Lisarach. Gufo and Makomo, but it's Usr Mechamelatzel. The Ramak um, goes on and he says something. Actually, people make this mistake all the time, right? Okay, he says that Nagia is Mutter. No, it's Mamish. People don't realize this that Nagia is Mutter, right? Don't tell this to high schools, but to Fashion Shokhodarach. No, that means I'm allowed to touch Mukta. Right? Nagiya is also, but you can't, but you're allowed to touch Mukta. Right? I'm not allowed to move it. I'm allowed to touch it. Yeah, it, it's hard for me. Hard to hear. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, is there a reason why the Gemara called it a Davar Shemalachtalisser and then they change it to Um, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I. I didn't even think of this question, but I'm going to have something to say about it in two minutes. Uh, okay, uh, maybe I'll say it now. Um, a bar of soap. People don't know what bars of soap are anymore. Right? A soap is like soap is liquid soap. But if I have a dover that's not a clay. So if you look in the article, it's on page three um, in the uh, notes. Davish Enokli, I'll bold that section. The Sefer Archo Shabbos, page um, 13, quotes a Mishnabura. The Mishnabura says if I have just a piece of wood, since it's not a Kli, I'm not allowed to um, move it, even the Tsayrech Gufo, right? I can't move just a piece of wood. Um, I can't move a piece of wood, one second. Now, I can't move a piece of wood even with Kufo because it's not a clay. It's not a clay. It's just a piece of wood. It's useless. Now, what about if I have a bar of soap? A bar of soap is not really um, useless. It's useful. You Right? Is that Muxamachmas Gufo or not? Is it Klisha Machtola Iser or not? It's not a Kali. A Kali is something that has like a receptacle. I could put stuff into it. You can't put something into your bar of soap. So in um, Igris Moshe, right at the top of page four, She'elos, Igris Moshe, Chela Kesim and Chaf These, by the way, are all the chuvas that Rav Moshe gave to Rabbi Badner in his Muxasarm. In Chelakesim and Chafbeis. Chaticha Sabon in Himukta. Right? Chaticha Sabon. Dinikra Zaip. Right? Zaip is soap. Dino Himukta. Is it Mukta? Teshuva? Sabon is Mukta? De Lasle. Shame Clay. Meaning. 
it's the same category of mukta, like a piece of wood. Meaning, I'm not allowed to move it, says Rev Moshe, even if it's a klisha, not only is I'm allowed to move it but sabon is not a kli. If it's not a kli, it's like a piece of wood. You can't move it at all. That's what Rav Moshe argues. That's his Kiddush. Um I ask a question on that specific case, although I guess I could think of others that would have a similar question. If Nagia is mutter, then, like, can you tap the soap a bunch of times? Or if there's, like, an open marker, and you just, like, put your hand against it or something? Again, if the item doesn't move, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, like, such a practical issue. The Ramal continues, by the way, that you could, like, blow mukta. Right? That's a little more practical. But the idea that Ramosha develops is that soap is what's it called? Soap is like muxamak maskufo. In the um Urkel Shabbos on page ten, footnote twenty-four. He quotes that Ibshleim um, Arbach says that soap and dish detergent are klisham lachdola iser. So now going back to the question that um, Sarah Ruas asked, right? What's the difference in the lashon of the Gemara between klisham lachdola iser and daversham lachdola iser? I could tell you that soap and shoe polish and all these things, which are not a clee in any real way, that should be totally in the girsaos. Good. And Rav Moshe says it's usher, and they quote the Rav Shlomazam and Arbach says it's okay. So not, not okay, but that's a clee shomlachtola isser, and consequently I'm allowed to move it with Tzarek Gufo with Tzarek Mekomo. So let's go back in our um, in our sources. Shulchan Aruch writes that Klisham Lachtola Iser is Mutzal Tzarkufo Mekomo. If you pick it up, you're allowed to put it down anywhere you want. And that is something that we spoke about um, in the, from the Arsameach as to the reason why that's true. One second. Now, what about if I have something that you do an isser on, but it's not really a clee either? For example, a candle, no? Or a leichter. So the Arach HaShochan quotes that if you have Leichter O Pamutot Shalanu, which we call Lampen, these things are Muksa Machmas Gufo, and since there is no Heter at all, 
So it's considered muksa, gemura, etc. Okay, this is an idea that we'll come back to. The Rishonim, and here we see the Archa Shulchan, they develop an idea that if I have something which is kol melech dola iser, the only purpose that it has is an iser purpose, that is a worse type of muktzah. That's like muktzah machmas gufo. Another way of getting to the same point would be saying that if I have an item that has iser use, but it is not a kli, so then that could be like muktzah gufo. But a candle is interesting. A candle is not an instrument. You don't use a candle. You put stuff, meaning fire, you put on top of a candle. But you don't use the candle as an instrument, no? The Achronim discussed, maybe candles are not actually mukta. Maybe they are, or I'll say it like this, is a candle klisham lachdola iser? Maybe not. It's not a kli that does a malacha. It's a kli that malacha is done on. So one could argue, Ripki Vega has this, that candles are not a klisham lachdola iser. If it's not a kli, so based on what we spoke about before with soap, etc., it's worse. You cannot even move it. Let'sarach gufo, let'sarach makomo. Now, if you go on in the sources, we spoke about if I pick up a klisham lachdola iser, I pick it up to move it. Let'sarach gufo makomo. So the Magen Avram has a Chiddush. He writes, "Who had dinim shachach v'natla biyado v'shay l'tatzla yoser ashanatilo haya shlo l'tzach gufa makoma." If I pick an item up and I don't realize that it's a klisham lachdol eser, I can still move it anywhere I want. I don't have to drop it right away. Chavre, is this like the Arsameach or not like the Arsameach? This is like the Arsameach. Okay, explain. Um, because just like in Hotza, I guess if you like picked it up, you have to like have the Kavana to pick it up and then move it. So here too, that Akira Rishona Das, I guess you'd say, is lacking. And so at that point... I guess you can't do like the equivalent hotza. Or I guess you would say your kavana doesn't matter. And if you pick something up, you know, accidentally on Shabbos, so you have to drop it before walking down the aisle. Right. So you just presented two things. I agree with the second Tamar, not with the first. <laughs> I could tell by your face. Um, You could tell by my face. Okay, good. I mean, I guess I, I should like wear a masve or something. But... um. The Arzameach is saying that the heter to move an item is when I pick it up with Tzorech Mekomo. That means my original Akira, when I pick that item up, I don't have in mind to move it somewhere else. I just want to get it out of here. But if I pick an item up by accident, it's entirely possible that I'm picking that item up by accident with Kavona to move it somewhere else. 
And I pick up an item. I want to move it. I'm like, oh my gosh, now it's Muxa. I realize it, it's a pen. I pick it up playing or moving it somewhere. I, I, I wasn't thinking it's Shabbos. Right? It could be that that's subject to the rules of Hotza'ah. This is, this Magen Avram is L'cha'ora against the comment of the Arsameach. There are poskim who disagree with this Magen Avram. Um, I forgot their names. If you look in the Mishnah Vura and the Sharhatsian over there, he points out that there are poskim who disagree. Then the Mishnah Vura goes on. And he says, whatever cool I have by Klisho Matola Iser is only by a Kli. It's not by Muktzamach Masgufo. If I have a stone, or again, I don't want to say a dead body or whatever, but you pick up something that's Muktzamach Masgufo, you have to drop it right away. There's no heter to right, keep on moving it where it belongs. If you pick up the corpse, right, you got to drop it. No? You have to feel bad for Port and Sadie. Um, but what can we do? It's unfortunate. Right? That's, I think, what emerges. If it's a kli, if it's muksa, machmas, um, gufo, I have no heter to um, to move it anywhere, yeah. And then he has a discussion um, about what about the izamo shalmila, uh, etc. Okay. So what we have so far, again, we are distinguishing. We are working in the Gruz world because conceptually it's an easier way of saying it. In the Gruz world, so there's a new Gezeira that Nehemia invented called Gezeras Kalim, which is not the same as Muktza. And by Gezeras Kalim, which is not the same as Muktza, I have Kulos of Tzarech Gufo, Tzarech Mekomo, Etc. And we have an Arsameach who explains why this is true. But this is not true by Muktza, Machmas, um, it's not true by Muktza, Machmas, um, Muktza, Machmas, Gufo. By Muktza, Machmas, Gufo, it's an earlier Gezerah, it's a Gezerah of Dovin Hamelech, and they have no heter to move it. The idea even if I pick it up, because within the rivet world, Gizeras Kim is because of carrying. But Muksamachmas Gufo is a Haktsa'amidas. I pushed it away, and therefore that's why I can't use it. So again, these are some of the comments I wanted to make about um, Muktsa. Any questions, comments, observations, criticisms, jokes? You're about the rabbit that crossed the road? Never did I. Okay. Um, good. So I think this is, we'll pause over here with Mukta.